five decades of wage stagnation. We have seen five decades where people can expect that they will have enough money, maybe, to get back to work and no more than that. And yet at the same time, we have seen wealth accumulate at the top of this economy in a way like we have not seen since the robber barons. Every dollar that we spend on interventionist regime change wars is a dollar that we are not investing in protecting our environment, in criminal justice reform, in building sustainable infrastructure, in providing accessible health care to all, and a quality education for all. In the cities in South Florida that will be in underwater in 30 years are now spending hundreds of millions of dollars to combat sea level rise and the typical flooding that occurs around the city, including in my parents' neighborhood. We have to do something now. Welcome to On the Ground, onthegroundshow.org, Voices of Resistance from the nation's capital. I'm Esther Averam, and for this hour, we hear from members of Congress, including Representative Raul Grijalva of Arizona, Tulsi Gabbard of Hawaii, Keith Ellison of Minnesota, and Pramila Jayapal of Washington State, as well as social justice activists. They're all speaking on Capitol Hill at the Summer for Progress rally held July 25th, 2017. The first speaker is Representative Grijalva, Democrat of Arizona. Thank you very much. And first of all, I was going to talk a little bit, very little, about a bill that I'm reintroducing this session. It's called the Justice Not for Sale Act. What this fundamentally does is takes what has become a very perverse, profit-making private prison industry in this country. That in immigration alone, 44,000 beds without the due process, without the consideration of uh, the rights that these men and women and a lot of women and children in these detention centers have under our, our rule of law and have in this country. It's a profit-making scheme. Throughout it, all those, the, the industry, the private prison industry has scattered throughout this administration. Uh, their lobbyists, their former employees and top management, all dictating policy. And if you want to know if there's been a singular force that has consistently, consistently fought criminal justice reform at every level for all people, consistently fought any any meaningful immigration reform in this country, it's the for-profit private prison industry. For them, it's about the bottom line. The more detention beds that are filled, the more people that are incarcerated, the more money they make. Our bill bars them, bars local government, bars federal government and state government from contracting out their detention function to private for-profit industries. Simple as that. And it's about a fairness issue. But we are also talking about, uh, and a lot you'll hear about other piece of legislation that is being promoted by uh, the members of Congress. But this summer for progress is a very important summer. Everybody wants to point you a direction that this country could, needs to have. And I think this summer will provide us with that direction. The grassroots, the leadership of this country, political, that needs to have its feet held to the fire and make sure that it is not only communicating with slogans, but communicating in a very direct way with the people that we represent. 
and standing up for them. Because this is essentially, we are fighting for our America. We are fighting for something as fundamental as the rule of law. We are fighting for our democracy. And so the summer and what goes on proceeds from every day from now on is very important. Because the American people are looking for something. They might not, they're not going to be satisfied with a new slogan. They're not going to be satisfied with anything less than people fighting with them and for them. Because this is a fight. And the way to win the fight is to fight. And I, and I, am, I'm, I feel that this summer not only affords all of us an opportunity to fight back and win back our country, reestablish our democracy, and follow the rule of law. But more importantly, it's about for the people of this nation taking control of their country. The people of this nation not yielding to the corporations, to the billionaire class, and not yielding the gains that we need to make, not losing the gains we made, and looking forward and presenting to the American people an agenda that is for the future, that puts them first and everything else follows. That's the summer of progress. I'm very proud to be associated and also very proud of the work in my district and across the country the grassroots organizations have done to, to begin to, to hold people accountable, not only for saying what they want to do, but for doing what they say. Thank you very much. I want to bring up one of our grassroots who's going to talk about college for all and that justice is not for sale. Can we give it up for Keanu Smith-Brown? Good morning. My name is Keanu Smith-Brown and I'm one of the founding and steering committee members of Our Revolution Maryland. I also served as an elected Bernie Sanders delegate to the Democratic National Convention. I'm a 21-year-old college student studying government and public policy at the University of Baltimore, where I also serve as vice president of the Student Government Association. There is an abundance of hypocrisy in this nation. The United States is one of the most powerful and leading countries in this world, yet there are crises everywhere. Corporate interests take priority over constituents, the college demand is high, but access and affordability is low. African Americans and Latinos are disproportionately crippled by the criminal justice system. And, and America has not yet fully grasped the fundamental need for a living wage. Ensuring the vitality of the Democratic Party means investment. For instance, free college tuition and decreasing college debt. We must ensure that Americans are the most skilled and best educated in the world. We do this by investing in schools and education, not unnecessary jails and incarceration. I represent thousands of students on my campus, and one of our university slogans is knowledge that works. Understand this, knowledge will not work if our students are being used as profit and burdened by debt. Congress needs to pass the College for All Act of 2017. Black Lives Matter. The color of one's skin should not dictate the punishment of one's life. 
I've witnessed the results of incarceration and what it does to families, with my father being bound by the criminal justice system for the majority of my life. We must end mass incarceration in the private prison industry by investing in a system that holds people accountable without benefiting corporations and those who drive off the suffering of our citizens. Congress needs to pass the Justice Is Not For Sale Act of 2017. A livable wage. Being raised by my single mother, Tamika Smith, I understand the burdens of a struggling household. My mother fought to provide for us as much as possible. Living in poverty should not be an everlasting tradition, but something people should be able to rise above. Giving workers a wage that sustains and enhances their living is a priority. The economy thrives when money is put in the hands of those who spend and invest. Congress needs to pass the Raise the Wage Act of 2017 to increase the wage to $15 an hour. These are the issues we are fighting for, among many others. A war is being led by the struggles of our people, and we will not surrender to the Republicans or some Democrats' fear of reality. This slippery slope must end. We, as politicians, represent our constituents. If that cannot be done, then this job is not your calling. You better go <laughs> we will fight for this platform with unity and execution. Right. Please join us to the best of your ability, and we will move forward in prosperity. We charge every member of Congress to do what you are elected to do, or we are coming for you in the next election. This is our revolution. Thank you and God bless. I want to bring up another one of our progressive champions, Congresswoman Tulsi Gabbard. And she will talk to us this morning about clean energy and some of the other bills that she wants to mix in. But she has been quite the champion for the people of this country. And again, I am proud to have her and her other colleagues joining us today. Congresswoman, come on up. Let's give it up for Congresswoman Tulsi Gabbard. Aloha. It's wonderful to be here and to join all of you today in this worthy, worthy cause. Uh, growing up in Hawaii, beautiful place, I learned the value of caring for our home from a young age, the value of caring for Mother Earth, and the basic principle that we are all connected in this great chain of cause and effect. Hawaii is a place where it is the kuleana, or the responsibility, of every single person to serve as caretakers and protectors of our land, our oceans, our streams, our aquifers, our lakes for today and for future generations to come. But as we stand here and we look at our country and the rest of the world today and the direction that we are headed, the path that's been taken, it dishonors those who have come before us and those who will come after us because of the vast disregard for how our actions and decisions are negatively impacting our people and our planet. Protecting our planet is not a partisan issue. This is something that is important to every individual, every family, every person on this planet. Global climate change threatens the lives and ecosystems that every one of us relies on to live. The time has long passed for incremental progress it's time for all of us to get off the bench and get to work. It's time for us to take bold, courageous stands for the people, for peace, and for our planet.
That means ending our addiction to fossil fuels and developing and deploying renewable energy technologies. It means investing in infrastructure and taking action to protect our precious water resources, whether it be in Flint, Michigan, at Standing Rock, or in my home state of Hawaii. It means understanding that our foreign policy decisions affect our domestic policies and our ability to address the very needs that people have right here at home in our communities. We can't afford to separate our domestic policy from foreign policy because every dollar that we spend on interventionist regime change wars is a dollar that we are not investing in protecting our environment, in criminal justice reform, in building sustainable infrastructure, in providing accessible health care to all, and a quality education for all. So if we want to get the, these things done, if we want to invest in our people and our communities and our future, we must do all we can to end our country's policies of interventionist regime change wars where we're providing arms and support and other things to terrorist groups like Al-Qaeda and those fighting with them and do all we can to prevent a new Cold War with Russia, something that too many people are trying to foment, which will cost our country a great deal in money, resources, and lives. We have to understand that we cannot afford to do both. I look forward to working with you, with our environmental leaders, our activist leaders, here in this nation's capital and all across the country to bring attention to the challenges we face, to pass meaningful legislation and change our policies and hold leaders accountable for the positions that they are taking. This is the people's movement, a movement fueled by love, aloha and compassion. It is only through our voices and our action that we can bring about change. Changing the policies and priorities of this country to focus single-pointedly on serving the needs of our people and our planet. I'm proud to stand shoulder to shoulder with you, myself, and on behalf of my constituents in Hawaii. I look forward to working with you and fighting the good fight ahead. Mahalo. All right, we're bringing another progressive champion. Can we give a shout out to Congresswoman Pramila Jayapal? She's gonna talk about college for all and women's reproductive health and ladies, can I say that we don't need a permission slip from government to do what we need to do when it comes to our own bodies. Give it up for the Congresswoman. Thank you, and let's give it up for the amazing Nina Turner. And I am so proud to represent the 7th Congressional District in the state of Washington. Many of you helped get me here, and I'll tell you, I am excited to be here at this moment, to be serving with leaders and champions like Keith Ellison, who I saw here somewhere, Raul Grijalva, and others. Now, I represent Seattle and the surrounding areas, and I'm really proud to have helped pass our almost the first ever paid safe and sick days legislation in the city of Seattle, and then we passed $15 minimum wage. I was on that committee that passed 15, so I've been a longtime supporter. It's just what we need. Now, three years later, our workers have more in their pockets the economy is booming and Seattle continues to grow. Though, if you watch Fox News, you might think otherwise. In fact, they've called us the socialist hellhole in Seattle. And I say, if that's a hellhole, then we should all go hang out there because it looks pretty darn good compared to the rest of the country. 
And I've also been a longtime supporter of Medicare for All, a single-payer health care system that will save Americans money and deliver better outcomes for everyone. And I know that in Seattle in particular, we know how important it is to take care of our climate by making sure that the biggest polluters pay. We cannot be accountable to those big fossil fuel polluters. We have to be accountable to the people and our future generations and the health of our kids. And of course, I'm proud to have been an early supporter of Senator Bernie Sanders for president and, and to have had him endorse me as one of his first endorsements. Now, what I think is really important is I'm proud to be a progressive. I wear that label with pride. I was just elected first vice chair of the Progressive Caucus. But I don't think that these ideas are actually progressive. They are just the ideas that serve working people across America. They are ideas that have been tested in every other developed country, and they work. So why not here in America? Just by recent polling, you can see that they actually are mainstream ideas that are supported by the majority of the American people. 60% of all Americans believe that government should ensure health care coverage for everybody. And asked about the federal minimum wage, 63% of respondents polled by the University of Maryland said that they believe the minimum wage should keep up with inflation. By the way, if it had, it would be over $21. So 15 is pretty darn reasonable in my mind. The people's platform that we're describing today is one that recognizes that economic, racial, and gender justice are deeply intertwined. I am absolutely going to fight for my rights as a woman to control my decisions because guess what? That is an economic choice. I'm going to fight for my right and everybody's right to have a wage, a, a, a job that pays a decent wage and allows you to put food on the table and a roof over your head. And I am really excited to be the sponsor of the College for All bill. Keanu described it to you a little bit um, in the House, and we've got uh, amazing co-sponsors on that bill. Of course, all the people you've heard from today, but also people uh, like the, our ranking member on the Education Committee. And I'll tell you that this also is not a revolutionary idea. It's actually not a new idea. We used to pay for, a Pell Grant used to pay for 70% of a college education. Today, it pays for about 30%. The City University of New York used to provide free education. The University of California used to provide free education for students. And today, we have a crisis on our hands. We have a crisis that amounts to about $1.4 trillion in student loan debt. That is more than credit card debt in the country. And if you look at who the fastest growing demographic is of people with college loan debt, it is actually seniors. Because seniors are taking on the debt of their kids and their grandkids. And sometimes they're even using their social security pensions to pay for that. This is about the basic idea that everybody gets to have the opportunity to get the kinds of skills that we today need. A K-12 education just isn't enough. You need that two-year or four-year education in order to get a job that's going to take care of your family. So our bill, introduced by Bernie Sanders and Elizabeth Warren and others in the Senate, um, we have our version in the House, same, same bill, but essentially it says that we would pay for a four-year college education for any family earning up to $125,000. If you want to go to a two-year college, we'll pay for it no matter what income you earn. And 
we will take on the issue of student loan debt by number one, cutting in half the interest rates that we charge on, interest, uh, on federal loans. Because why is it that the federal government profits from our student loan debt? That makes no sense at all. But also for those of you that already have student loans, I wanna make sure you know that our bill would allow you to refinance those loans, just like you do a car mortgage or, or a home mortgage, it would allow you to refinance at that lower rate. And we would invest in the most vulnerable students by tripling our investments in TRIO and work study. That is what we should do as a country. There are lots of people out there who say, well, you know, we can't afford to do that. I would say back that we can't afford not to do that. This is an investment in our future, in our young people's future, and we've got a way to pay for it. Keith Ellison's bill, which would just take a little tiny percentage of, a, of, a, uh, of the financial transactions tax, a tax on financial transactions, and put it towards this. Those people that don't like that, I would say there's lots of choices, but this is not about should we do it, it's about how we do it. It's about our priorities and how we prioritize this over tax breaks for the wealthiest, tax breaks for corporations and for Wall Street. Instead, we should be putting the money into our young people and not our bankers and our financiers that make millions off of speculation. I spent decades on the outside. I think most of you know I'm, not, I'm an organizer by training. I came here um, through the organizing path and specifically working on immigrant rights. And so I just wanted to say just a second about another piece of legislation that I'm working on um, that we hope to unveil in the next couple of weeks. We've been working with all of the immigration detention advocates and we want to dramatically reform our immigration detention center because it is crazy that we are locking up all these people across the country when it is core hypocrisy that we understand that folks across this country are actually helping to do the work of this country. And so we're looking forward to building momentum to that. And all of this, our summer platform, what our revolution is doing, what you all are doing on the ground, is about saying, you know, we know we need to oppose a lot of bad things. We've got to kill this bill that they call a health care bill. It can't be a health care bill if it strips health care from 22 or 23 million people. That's just not a health care bill. So we got to kill that because it's a down payment for them on tax reform for the wealthiest. But we also have to say what we believe in. And that's what the People's Platform is about. That's what you all are fighting for as you go to these offices and get people on is to say that we have to believe in America that believes in us, that gives us an opportunity, that gives working people an opportunity across this country to take on the biggest and the wealthiest corporations and individuals and to invest instead in our own people, working families across this country. So um, I thank you for the work that you're doing. I thank our revolution. I can't wait to continue to work with you to make sure that we bring this what I think is a mainstream, but we'll call it progressive too, uh, platform to every single person, every single district across the country. Thank you all so much. Thank you, Congresswoman. She laid it out for us that what we're fighting for in the people's platform is really all the people's platform, not just based on some political ideology. All right, this Congress, 
man needs no introduction. He is a progressive all-star all the time, not part of the time, but all the time. And Congressman Keith Ellison is coming to us to talk about why it is important that we increase the wage in this country. And he's also going to talk about the investment that we should make by taxing Wall Street. Can we give it up for Congressman Keith Ellison? Thanks a lot, Nina. How you guys doing out there? Let me tell you, there's never been one thing good for the American people that did not come because of struggle in the streets. That did not come because people like you were fighting every day, day in, day out, to make it real. We didn't get civil rights by sitting around and because people decided to change their mind. We didn't get women's rights because of it. We didn't get no rights at all by being asleep and inactive. So for you all to be here today making an imperative, a demand on this Congress to do better by the American people is absolutely what we should be doing. And all I want to say is associate myself with you. And I believe our revolution's time has come. And whether you're from Maryland or Virginia or California or anywhere in between, we have got to be raising the roof all over the country for the people's agenda. I want to say this to you. And this is so very true. America needs a raise. We need a raise, y'all. We have seen five decades of wage stagnation. We have seen five decades where people can expect that they will have enough money, maybe, maybe, to get back to work and no more than that. And yet at the same time, we have seen wealth accumulate at the top of this economy in a way like we have not seen since the robber barons with Rockefeller and Mellon and all these kind of guys who we know from the old days. The bottom line is that this country is tilted against working Americans. And when working Americans stand up and unite all colors, all cultures, all faiths, then we will change the terms of this economy and the time for that is this minute. I'm proud to tell you that the Minneapolis City Council just passed $15 minimum wage just last week. And it, and it happened because people were in the streets. People were striking. The Good Jobs Nation was striking here in D.C. all across the country. Fight for 15 was saying to fast food workers, come on out of them places. Don't work today. Show them if they can do okay without you being there. Because they may not need the CEO, but you can't have no hamburger joint without the people who make the Macs, right? You can't have a, ham a chicken joint without the people who are cooking the chicken. you got to have the real workers on the line. And so therefore, why? Does the CEO of McDonald's make $9,000 an hour and they don't even want to give the workers $15 an hour? Why do these CEOs make so much money you, their great-great-grandkids couldn't even count it and yet the people who do the real work on the ground, you know the people get the grease spatter because they're cooking chicken all day in a hot, in a hot restaurant, those people can't even get a basic livable wage? It's wrong and we have to stand and we have to fight for it. So I want to say to you, $15 minimum wage is okay, but it's just a minimum. And who really wants the minimum, right? If that's the best you can get, you take the minimum. But what if you had a minimum car? That would mean you might get here and you might not, right? If, what if you had a minimum marriage? That means y'all is uh, not doing so good, right? Kind of borderline, right? You know, I'm telling you, what if you had a minimum boat? That means you might just sink, right? So we don't want to stick with the minimum 
15 is what we demand now, but don't anybody ever believe that that is all we're fighting for. We are fighting for a fair, livable wage and one fair wage. We're not going to live in a country no more where people who serve the plates in this country are getting $2.13 an hour, which is the tip minimum wage. It is a scandal. It is a travesty. It is wrong, and we cannot tolerate it. No more one fair wage. Now, let me just say to you this. One of the things that we got to focus our attention on, y'all, is Monopoly. And I want to talk to you about Monopoly. I'm not talking about no board game. What I'm talking about is that if you was going to go out and leave this place and go get a beer, there's only, you'd probably be buying it from one of two companies. If you got a hamburger, you'd probably be getting it from one of four companies. If you got chicken, one of three. If you go to the Rite Aid or the CVS or the Walgreens, that is it. They control almost all of the growth of the pharmaceutical um, sales, retail sales in this country. Or what about your internet service provider? You got four. What about the airlines? You got four. Because of this, because of the massive concentration of wealth at the top of this economy, if you are a worker and you say, I don't like working for this company, I'm going to the other company, you know good and well that those two guys who own them companies, they go to the same country club, their kids go to the same private school, they're colluding and collaborating against the worker. We need to break them up. We need to break up the big banks. We need to break up the big airlines. We need to break up the big internet service providers. You try and open up a little grocery store next to the Walmart. See how that goes. It ain't going to work out too good. If you want to unleash the mighty, mighty power of the American people, you got to break up these monopolies and you got to do it right now. I hope we stand for that. Hope we fight it. This is why I'm glad we were raising hell in Congress, some of us, about Amazon buying uh, uh, Whole Foods. So now everything you get is supposed to be from Amazon. If they, if they dominate it, you know they're going to charge you more because you ain't got no choice, right? So we need to break them up. We used to, you know, we used to break up the big, the big uh, right? Teddy Roosevelt said we're going to break them up. Franklin Roosevelt said we're going to break them up. One was a Republican, one was a Democrat, so it goes to show you it ain't about no party. It's about do you care about the American people and our welfare? Do you believe that you're working for the public interest or the private gain? Who is it that you serve? Now, let me also say, I am one of those who is fighting to protect the Affordable Care Act. I am. I'm fighting to protect the Patient Protection Affordable Care Act, and I'm urging people to fight it, and, I'm and I hope it fails today. And I hope we keep that fight going. It is right and just. We got many millions of people health care they never had, and we had insurance reform that we never had. But my sights are not set so low is to just fight for the status quo. We got to look a little farther, y'all. We got to dream a little bigger. What about a day when every single soul in this country can go to the doctor if they're sick? Or what about before they get sick? Prevention. Right? What about that? What about a society in which just like seniors can get Medicare, well, maybe we should have Medicare for all, for everybody. What about that? It's not a crazy idea. As a matter of fact, the only country that does do something like it is this one. We need to say today, today, Americans need to be able to go to the doctor. Today, Americans need to be able to go get some help when they're sick. And let me just say, as I wrap up, you guys, the only limitation 
is our imagination. The only thing stopping us from doing everything we need to do to make sure that society is just and is good is our ability to imagine it to be such as that. If we are willing to throw down and fight, if we are willing to be evil spoken of by the corporate media, talking about another monopoly, if we are willing to stand up and fight and join together, if we're willing to put down our prejudices and come together across the issues of race and class and religion, if we're willing to come and stand together and fight together, we can make this country more beautiful than you've ever imagined it to be. But it will require that we knock on every door in this country, that we go to every church, mosque, synagogue, Quaker meeting, Hindu, temple, Buddhist, whatever, and wherever the people are, we gotta be there fighting for a better, better, better America, a better life for ourselves and our families. But don't think for a minute that it can happen. It can absolutely happen. The easiest thing for anyone to do is be cynical and say, ah, they ain't gonna do nothing. They never done nothing. Well, the people who stood up and withstood dogs and water hoses, they were told uh, segregation's always been here. It's not going anywhere. But some irrational, crazy people stood in front of them water hoses and them dogs, and they changed this nation for the better. And this moment is no different from that moment. That moment, like this moment, requires courageous people who are willing to put it on the line to make a difference. I believe that's our revolution. Bless you guys. Take care. Man, I'm feeling the burn. I, I just want to thank the congressman so much for that and reminding us that it's a whole lot of definitions regarding collusion. And it ain't just about colluding with Russia, but he laid out the fact that some of our elected officials are colluding with their donors in such a way that they lose sight of, and this is my interpretation, now don't get, you know, so much so that they're losing sight of what really matters, and that is about standing up for the people of this country at all times. All does absolutely, unequivocally mean all. I want to bring up a member of the National Nurses United, Jean Ross, who's going to talk about single payer and the Robin Hood tax. And our elected officials would do well to listen to the women and the men, but particularly nursing is dominated by the women, to listen to what the women have to say about the needs of medical care in this country and not think that they know it all. The nurses who stand by the side of their patients every single day and do the hard work have said to us without equivocation that Medicare for all is the way that we should go in the United States of America. And when nurses talk, baby, we ought to listen. Hi, everyone. On behalf of National Nurses United, the largest union of registered nurses in America, I want to say what an honor it is to be here with you in support of the People's Platform. We are excited to roll up our scrub sleeves and work with our colleagues here to win it. I want to share with you why the values in this platform resonate so deeply for me personally and how it is that I came to feel so connected to these issues. Now, I wasn't one of those people who knew from the time she was a little girl that she wanted to be a nurse, and I used to feel kind of bad about that. 
most of my friends and my fellow members in NNU were bandaging up their dolls and giving cough syrup to their stuffed animals and I felt sort of out of place because I didn't know what I wanted to do. It was round about uh, the middle of August, my senior year of high school, that my dad came to me and said, honey, I know that you like to put things off and leave them to the last minute, but this is the last minute and you need to decide where you want to go to college and what you want to do. And my sister was a nurse, so I figured she liked it, I might as well try. It was one of the best decisions I've ever made in my life. It took me into a profession of caring that is unsurpassed by anything else I've ever tried. And I will tell you that it brought me into the labor movement, which is where I found out I have a strong desire for social justice and change. Now I was raised Catholic, and anybody else who is in that will tell you, even if you didn't have a bent towards social justice, those nuns will drum it into you. They really will. Now, each of the more than 150,000 RN members of NNU has their own personal story of what brought them to nursing. But you might be wondering where our NNU's sense of militancy and strong social justice advocacy came from. And the answer is very simple. It comes organically from the lived experiences of registered nurses at the bedside in hospitals and clinics across this country. Registered nurses are, by vocation and by our calling, patient advocates. At work, nurses know we must speak up loudly and often because lives in the hospital depend upon it. And every day we see reflected in our patients the end result of injustice, economic, environmental, racial, and of course, healthcare injustice. I can tell you I've done lots of kinds of nursing, but where I ended up for most of my nursing career was in what we call intravenous therapy, IV therapy. Um, that means that we are the people they call in when no one else can get an IV in because the veins have been used up or you just weren't born with a good set of them. And we put in longer term lines for therapy that's supposed to go more than a day or two. So you probably have seen them if you have any experience in the hospital. Um, it's like a long piece of spaghetti. You put it in here, you thread it up with ultrasound and it ends up here in a bigger, deeper vein. Now, I had a patient with cancer who needed one of those pick lines. And I came in and talked to her about why she needed it for her treatment. And I was going to talk to her doctor about changing his order from peripheral hands and arms into deep set. And she begged me not to. She was at, she had met her lifetime maximum cap. I, at the time, didn't know what a lifetime maximum cap was. When I found out, I said, okay, against my better judgment because it's not what's best for the patient. It was best for what for her because she couldn't afford anymore. So long story short, we were able somehow to find enough veins to get her through that therapy in her hands and arms. She did well enough to come back a couple of months later where she needed a scan to see what was going on. She was having more symptoms. All we needed was to get an IV in to give her some dye for that scan. Do you think she had a vein left in her hands or arms? No. She ended up with a pick line, the expense that she couldn't afford in the first place. Something is wrong with a system that puts insurance company profits ahead of what's best for the patient. Yes. We know it's not sufficient to treat just the symptoms. We have to get at the root causes, and that includes social policies that cause so much unnecessary suffering. This is what motivates us, and it's why we take our patient advocacy 
from the bedside into the halls of Congress and state legislatures, and yes, frequently into the streets. It's why we absolutely insist that our elected representatives enact a single-payer Medicare for All system in this country so that finally health care is treated as a basic human right that it is, not a commodity that's bought and sold in the marketplace. Did you know the U.S. spends more on health care per person and has a percentage of gross domestic product than any other advanced nation in the world? We do. Do you think this has made us healthier? No. Good audience, no. In fact, compared to other high-income nations, the U.S. has greater prevalence of chronic conditions, the highest infant mortality rates, the shortest life expectancy. We should be ashamed. The U.S. also has the highest rates of mortality due to heart disease and amputations due to diabetes. That's a crime. Guess what? All of the other nations have universal health care coverage. Good news is, people are rising up in this nation to say enough is enough. And I'm proud of the powerful surge in grassroots organizing in California to win single payer there, led by NNU's own California Nurses Association. Now is the time for our elected representatives and all those who want our support to follow the people's lead on this and honor health care as a human right by enacting Medicare for all. Let's be very clear. To succeed, we must reject the neoliberal agenda that's promulgated by Wall Street and corporate America that seeks to commodify basic human needs like health care and schools and roads and bridges and fire departments. The neoliberal vision and it's dominant in both political parties, I'm sad to say, denies the very existence of society. It instead exalts so-called market solutions, and that's to the detriment of the 99% of us. The result? Biggest disparity in wealth and income since the 1920s. In fact, since the 1980s, there's been an enormous transfer of wealth from the middle class and the poor to the wealthiest people in this country. That's the Robin Hood principle in reverse. The fact that 58% of all new income since the Wall Street crash has gone to the top 1% is no accident. This is the Wall Street agenda that we must confront and confront forcefully if we want to take our country back. That's why we support Keith Ellison and Bernie Sanders' Inclusive Prosperity Act which would impose a robust Robin Hood tax on Wall Street speculation. It would raise as much as $300 billion every year that can be used to meet human needs and why we reject weak financial transaction taxes that will neither raise the revenue this country needs nor change Wall Street's behavior. To wrap up, just as nurses work collectively as part of a union to have a more powerful voice, we know that by working collectively with all the groups represented here, we can realize the vision of the People's Platform. As nurses, we're committed to healing our workplaces, our communities, our nations, and our planet, and we're committed to the People's Platform. Our patients, to whom we've made an oath of enduring advocacy, deserve no less. Thank you. My name is Jorge Aguilar, and it's a pleasure to be here with these great progressive leaders to support this transformative package of bills that seek to steer our nation 
towards equity and fairness for all Americans, not just the privileged few. I was invited to speak a little about Representative Tulsi Gabbard's visionary Off Fossil Fuels Act that transitions our country to 100% renewables by 2035 and Food and Water Action's broad support for the Summer of Progress. As I prepared for my remarks today, of course, it was easy for me to connect to all these issues and the America that they intend to create. As an immigrant who moved from Miami, my family was quite surprised by the phenomena of hurricanes in Florida. We lived through Hurricane Andrew, a Category 5 hurricane that devastated the region in 1991. Andrew at the time was the most destructive storm in U.S. history until Hurricane Katrina in 2005. But sadly, these storms that were once infrequent are now more numerous and more intensive because of climate change. Now these destructive weathered events that hurt Americans and cost our economy billions are common, not just in South Florida, but across the country. In the cities in South Florida that will be in underwater in 30 years are now spending hundreds of millions of dollars to combat sea level rise and the typical flooding that occurs around the city, including in my parents' neighborhood. We have to do something now. Unfortunately, Florida is way behind in gener generating renewable energy. Embarrassingly, the Sunshine State gets less than 1% of its energy from solar. Part of the reason is the stranglehold that the fossil fuel industry has in the state. Florida does not have renewable energy goals. That's why Representative Gabbard's bill to aggressively move off of fossil fuels and onto renewable energies by 2035 is so necessary. We have to stem the tide against the increasing temperature in our planet and curtail the fossil fuel industry that is leading to this dramatic climate change. This is why I was so proud to be part of Food and Water Actions teams that just two months ago successfully banned fracking in Maryland and that is now and that is now working to make 100% renewable energy by 2035 a reality in the state and working to ban fracking in Florida. But to be honest, climate change wasn't the main issue when our family first arrived in Miami. My parents had been health professionals in my birth country of Nicaragua before they emigrated. My dad became a security guard and my mom also worked odd jobs and took care of my sister and I. Our first struggles in the U.S. were about being able to survive as a working class family, one that was here chasing the American dream. The low minimum wage, however, forced my dad to work over 70 hours a week for almost 10 years. It was growing up seeing this and hearing the stories of many immigrants in Miami that led me to working first as a labor organizer and then as a community organizer to talk about the people, to talk to people about their most basic needs. A job with a living wage, clean, safe water, nutritious food for their families, and a safe environment. Honestly though, these conversations are getting harder and harder because when you talk to people one-on-one, -on -one, it's evident they're struggling to make ends meet even though Wall Street tells us that the economy is booming. It's clear that we have to challenge the corporate interests that routinely harm ordinary Americans 
and the devastating system that creates winners and losers in creating jobs, in college education, in the justice system, and in healthcare. My parents are now retired and very fearful of the future of Medicare. My dad in particular was aghast by his work later in life as a health professional at a state prison that was privatized, where healthcare was administered with an eye to keeping care as cheap as possible. And that's what he now fears is the future of healthcare for senior citizens. That's why I am so proud today to stand together shoulder to shoulder with these progressive leaders during the summer of progress to build a better America. None of this struggle amounts to much if unfettered carbon emissions continue to cook the planet past the point of climate stability. That's why Representative Gabbard's critical bill to move this country to 100% renewable energy by 2035 is absolutely necessary. Nothing less will ensure a fair, equitable, livable future for this country and this planet. Thank you again for allowing me to share my voice. Thank you, Jorge. I'm going to bring up our final speaker. This has been an amazing, amazing morning. What a great way to start our morning. But Waleed Shaheed is going to talk about race and class. And I want you for a moment as he's coming up, as we look at the magnificence of these buildings that are surrounding us, let us not forget the conditions of the people who built this. Come on up, Brother Shaheed, talking about race and class. Hi everyone, my name is Waleed Shaheed. I grew up in Virginia and I'm a co-founder of All of Us. Uh, All of Us is an organization, like uh, Sister Nina was saying, that believes that America has always lived in a struggle between those who clung to a small idea of we the people and believe that America belonged only to the chosen few, and those who struggled, like all of you, like the people who spoke here today, that struggled for an America that could truly belong to all of us. Yesterday, leaders of the Democratic Party gathered in my home state, in the 5th Congressional District, the Swing District, to unveil their uh, vision and message for 2018. A better deal. It's an important step toward embracing the kind of progressive populism we need, but you gotta walk the walk too. Imitation, after all, may be the greatest form of flattery. While the Democratic Party leadership gathered in Virginia, I thought of someone else who called Virginia their home. Nubra Hassanan. Nubra was the young Muslim woman killed last month just outside her mosque during the holy month of Ramadan, a mosque that my mom attended, just 30 minutes away from where Democrats gathered yesterday. Nubra was killed because deep within our country still lies a belief in a hierarchy of human value, that some people are worth more than others, that some lives are more valuable than others. Whether your name is Nubra or Philando Castile or Tamir Rice, or whether you're an immigrant family searching for ways to join the community, or whether you're a coal miner whose lungs are filled with uh, poison because of fossil fuel billionaires. There is a deep hierarchy of human value that runs, runs in our country still. Now this election season, pundits and talk show hosts and billionaires and politicians they buy are going to go to these districts and sell the American people a lie. They will try to divide and conquer the American people by appealing to their fear pitting Christians against Muslims, immigrants against native-born, 
black against white. They know that when we turn on each other, when the people turn on each other, that we can't unite to fight a rigged system. It's common sense that aspiring tyrants would try to divide and conquer the people that they seek to govern. While Trump and the Republicans say that immigrants and people of color are to blame, Democrats can no longer be scared of naming the real culprits. It's time for Democrats to stop the million dollar message testing and just go to these districts and tell the American people the truth. That's what the People's Platform is about. The truth is, for too long, Wall Street bankers, fossil fuel billionaires, racist prosecutors, politicians have all colluded to rig our system for the few. The only way we can create an America where we all have what we need to thrive is by bringing the American people together to take on a corrupt ruling class that believes America belongs to them and them alone. That's why throughout our history, there have always been those who dreamed of fulfilling the revolutionary promise of America. At Seneca Falls, at Selma, at Stonewall. That there could be a land that belonged to anyone who lived in it, that belonged to all who called it home. Those who knew the greatness of our nation didn't come from our bombs or our buildings, but the power of we the people. Now Democrats must take up the people's platform and embrace this historic opportunity to construct a new America and make real the revolutionary promise of our democracy, freedom and justice for all people. It's time for we the people to finally include all of us. It's time for Democrats to adopt the people's platform and fight for an America for all, healthcare for all, education for all, jobs for all, a livable planet for all, justice for all, democracy for all. Because a, no a country is nothing without its people. Forward together, not one step back. Thank you very much. Brother Shaheen. All of our speakers this morning set a mighty platform for us, a foundation for us on the people's platform. Let us not forget that this change that we are seeking is really up to us. That if all of us put a little extra on our ordinary, extraordinary things will happen. I know it and you know it. And the time is right now and the cause is right right now for us to demand a people's platform and to accept nothing less and not to listen to the voices that say that we cannot achieve these goals. I believe, sisters and brothers, if we can go to the moon, we can have Medicare for all. If we can, as a nation, abolish the atrocities of slavery and human bondage, of which these beautiful buildings and these beautiful grounds were built by folks who didn't have rights and who were treated less than humane. If we can abolish slavery in the United States of America, we can make the requisite investments in our young people to make sure that they are not saddled with debt. We can save Mother Earth. And we're not gonna take anybody's excuses. Either they are going to stand up for all of the people and stand up for the people's platform or we don't need them. We will send a message and this is not about party affiliation, this is about people affiliation. Who are you standing for?
Or in the words of my sister Janet Jackson, what have you done for me lately? We're going to take away the excuses because we have laid out the platform. They don't even have to do much. Just sign on to these bills and stand up for the people's platform without equivocation. Do that, and they must do that right now. And we will be able to judge whether they are for us or against us. Again, no half-measured way, no excuses, especially from Democrats. Since we did, around this time last year, pass the most progressive platform in the history of the Democratic Party, the platform is one thing, action on the platform is a whole nother. All means all. So we don't want to hear the excuses. We don't want to hear the excuses that they had in the great state of California, National Nurses United, by which Democrats, not the Republicans, not the Russians, but Democrats held up the Healthy California Act. Democrats need to stand up and make it plain who they are standing for and put some muscle, muscle and might behind that by supporting the people's platform. So I want all of you to hashtag, all of my folks on social media, to hashtag the people's platform. If you need more information about the people's platform, go to peoplesplatform.com or you can go to ourrevolution.com, but we will not accept less than all. So speaking of that, we're gonna put a little action behind this. So we are asking you to join us as we march over, walk over, skip over, jump over, run over, whichever one you want to do, to the DNC to deliver these petitions. We got Kyle right here on my right, your left. He is leading this charge. Let's go over and give the Democratic Party, we have over 1,000 or 100,000 signatures on these petitions of people across this country from all walks of life demanding a people's platform. We must have it. Failure is not an option. It always seems impossible until it is done. And sisters and brothers, we will do this thing. God bless you, and let's head on over to the DNC. You've been listening to Voices from the Summer for Progress rally held July 25th, 2017 on Capitol Hill. This is On the Ground, onthegroundshow.org, Voices of Resistance from the nation's capital, produced for WPFW Pacifica Radio in Washington, D.C. And that will do it for today's show. You can reach the show at onthegroundshow.org, where you can listen to all of our shows. Please like our Facebook and Twitter pages at On the Ground Show. I'm Esther Averam. Keep raising your voice. Peace. <laughs>